chapter forty two of geographical reader europe by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b chapter forty two rome the capital of italy italy is shaped like a great boot about half as wide as from new york to washington and about as long as from new york to toledo the top of the boot extends out in a wide flap up the foothills of the alps and the toe looks just as though it were about to kick the island of sicily not far from the centre of the front of the boot just where the middle of the shin would be if it were a human leg a little river flows out of the apennine mountains down to the mediterranean it passes over a wide plain called the campagna and as it nears the sea it flows by seven little hills which for more than two thousand years have formed the site of one of the greatest cities of the world this river is the tiber and the city is rome the capital of italy when rome was first settled the tiber was deeper than it now is and sea-going vessels came right up to the hills the town being on the hills could be easily defended and the rich country about it was well fitted for pasture and farming there were easy ways over the mountains to other parts of italy and ships could be sent out to all the lands of the mediterranean so you see the situation of rome helped to make it a great city and the capital of italy the race which founded it was brave and warlike and it soon conquered the whole italian peninsula and made war upon nation after nation outside until in time it formed the great roman empire and became master of almost all the known world at that time the chief civilized nations lived about the mediterranean sea italy has the most central position of all countries on this sea it has excellent harbors and one of the best situations for commerce and trade the romans cultivated their territory largely by means of the slaves that they took in war and as time went on they grew richer and richer their city became not only the capital of the world but also the centre of all that was inspiring in art and learning the romans had magnificent palaces and great public works their scholars wrote books which are even now studied in our colleges and their language laws and customs form a part of our civilization in time the roman empire was broken to pieces but we shall find remainders of it in the ruins which are scattered everywhere throughout the city centuries later rome came under the control of the pope the head of the catholic church this church was the chief one of europe for hundreds of years and it was the founder of another phase of civilization under it great cathedrals were built colleges were established and some of the finest of the paintings of the world were made we shall see evidences of all this in old rome we shall at the same time see the rome of to-day the capital of modern italy and the home of the king and his parliament we leave our hotel and drive to the top of the pincian hill for a bird's-eye view of the city winding our way up over roads shaded with cypress trees and lined with gardens and beautiful flowers at the end of our drive we find ourselves on a terrace high above rome north of the city which covers the hills of the southward and fills the valley of the tiber winding along not far below us that mass of huge buildings with the high dome above them on the opposite side of the river is st peter's cathedral and the palace of the vatican where the pope lives the square at our feet with the obelisk in it 
is the piazza del popolo and that long straight street which cuts its way through the city dividing it almost in half is the corso one of the chief business streets of the rome of today turning to the right we see a great wall winding its irregular way about the town enclosing many ruins some rising out of gardens and vineyards that is the wall of old rome which was fourteen miles in circumference but which encloses only a part of modern rome the ruins are of wonderful interest we can see some of them from the pincian hill their vast amphitheatre beyond the buildings in front of us with its walls half in ruins is all that is left of the Colosseum, the greatest showground of all times there lions and tigers and wild beasts once fought together there half-naked men tried to kill one another with swords and spears and there men women and children were thrown to wild beasts because they were christians to give the heathen romans a holiday show a little to the left of the Colosseum is the forum where the romans held their meetings when the city was a republic and where the greatest of the roman orations were uttered it now looks more like an excavation for a building than anything else the rome of olden times was many feet below the rome of today but the forum has been dug out and it now forms a great pit filled with broken columns and blocks of marble in the heart of the city notice the great building above the forum that is the capitol on the side of the citadel of old rome it is there that the italian senate meets and there also is a museum in which are some of the finest statues which have come down from old rome everywhere we turn there are so many wonderful buildings and ruins that it will be impossible for us to visit them all the city has scores of museums it has many picture galleries it has priceless collections of ancient manuscripts and is celebrated for its paintings sculpture and architecture as well as for its business and social advantages we engage carriages at the pincian hill and drive about through the streets there are many old palaces with modern buildings among them there are fine stores with plate glass windows there are street cars telegraph wires and all the appointments of our most modern cities we can hardly realize we are in a town two thousand years old we stop in the people's square and take a drink from the fountain where the water spurts forth from the mouths of the lions we pause a moment before the great obelisk from egypt and then drive on through the corso passing magnificent turnouts filled with richly dressed ladies and gentlemen the corso is crowded the better classes are dressed as we are and the people upon the streets look not unlike those of paris and london now and then we see a peasant in a cap and short jacket his trousers held up by a sash about the waist and now a rosy-cheeked maiden in short skirts with a bright handkerchief tied round her head there are peddlers going about with their wares on their heads and hucksters driving donkeys and mules there are priests everywhere walking along singly and in pairs or in processions from one part of the town to another they wear long gowns some white some black and some brown and many have high hats and cowls there are processions of nuns and sisters of charity for rome is still the chief city of the catholic church and as such it is a holy place to catholics all the world over we visit the church of st peter it is by far the largest church in the world and we feel lost within it we next wander about outside the vatican where the pope lives 
he has a magnificent palace with four thousand rooms and a library of one hundred thousand volumes including some of the most valuable manuscripts ever written some of our mornings are spent in driving about outside rome in the campagna where one day our guide takes us down under the earth into the catacombs which are vast caves and tunnels cut out of the soft volcanic rock there are miles of these tunnels some lined with cells and shelves which contain human bones they are not far from the city and were probably first dug as the burial places of the romans later on when the christians were persecuted they fled to them for refuge and lived here for years away down out of the light of the sun having their food brought in at night our guide goes in front with a light taking us through tunnel after tunnel and winding his way this way and that we follow him closely and hold tightly to one another's hands trembling at the thought of being lost away down here under the ground and of trying in vain to find our way out we visit the palaces of the king and spend some time in parliament watching the italians make laws for themselves we go to the government buildings where we discover that italy still holds an important place among the countries of europe we learn that it has a great army and navy and that its inhabitants are fast growing in intelligence although the education of the common people is still far below that of the french germans or english the law requires that all children be sent to school but it is not always enforced and many of the men and women cannot read nor write we ask as to italy's trade and are informed that it is rapidly growing and that the people are among our good customers they are importing a great deal of grain cotton and other things from america and sending back fruits and olive oil as well as silk and wool and other goods in exchange End of chapter 42